swords with handle art to spar trolls and charge tolls to cross roads where bandits are. Catacombs and giant doors protect the chest and stores from legendary items with the dragon bones and iron It's ore. a grand theft of Elder Scrolls, Simon's quest with Toe and Earl, rock shoes to every clue, Easter eggs and gaming news, the POTUS need some bad dudes to crash crew like Bandicoot, all shit and gaming and glitch control issues. Shit, and gave it English control issues. Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Yes, yes, y'all. y'all. Well, this is control issues. I am the AMC. And this is a dub. You can catch us at control issues.com. That dash is a hyphen. Uh, head on over to your podcast provider, whoever that may be. Look for control issues, download it, subscribe to it, rate it, view it. Uh, go on over to X. My control issues is the handle. <laughs> And go to twitch.tv slash control issues pod where we put up gameplay videos for your viewing pleasure. AMC, how you doing? I living well. Kids, uh, you know, long weekend, loving that. Got Labor Day going on. I'm loving this mm-hmm. uh this Sunday where I know I ain't got work on a Monday. So it's it's just awesome. It's just it's great. I took the kids for a walk did, earlier. You just start getting a little loose with yeah, your time yeah. on Sunday. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Yeah, I just like I know I'm gonna be staying up tonight to play some Stardew Valley, and that's just like it's like there's none of that. Like, all right, I gotta start like getting into getting in the right state of mind to kick off the re- the week. Uh, one of my friends used to call it Monday, <laughs> like uh, that that in between Sunday and Monday feeling when you're kind of like, all right, like damn it, <laughs> like work's coming back. Yeah. Um, but there's there's no Monday because we got a, a three day weekend. So I'm I'm absolutely loving it right now. Um yeah, I took the kids for a walk this morning, got gotten some got a little bit of exercise. Um went to Home Depot. They have this thing that they do a kids' workshop now. If you just register for free, they'll they'll they have their, their theme of the week and or their theme for the month. And so for this month it was a microscope. They give you a microscope kit to like basically build one out of like, you know, like cardboard and wood yeah yeah like wood pieces yeah all you need all you really need is like a hammer and a screwdriver to do everything even though it was saying like glue but i was like we're not using glue (laughs) (laughs) daddy daddy gonna teach you that there's some things you don't need to listen (laughs) teach you how to overcome adversity yeah um so yeah we we did that built built the theo and i built a microscope um learn about challenges of trying to keep a, a kid focused on doing yeah. something <laughs> he like hammered like two things in he's like how about you do this one and i was like now how about you do it it's it's your thing i'll just show you how to do it and he's like no you do these ones and then i do them and the next thing you know it's like all right now take them out <laughs> so that so I can, he can do them. yeah exactly you know like oh, it doesn't really work like that <laughs> like, and so yeah that became a whole thing but um you know you just learn the lessons he's a four-year-old don't take anything seriously he's just he's he's working out like that that process of like things things can't always be undone or yeah. fixed or like or it can be undone but like something might get ruined in the process of undoing a certain thing mm-hmm. um so yeah it was it was a good week uh overall how about yourself a dub how's how, how have things been with you well you know getting getting stronger 
get my endurance, my stamina back, you know, running a little further, working out a little more often, finally getting through my jump rope workouts without without having to to like, oh my foot, or you know, just some some odd reason. Like, I'm just I'm just not feeling it today. But you know, I I learned that it's better to just push yourself through an entire workout instead of trying to spare yourself by cutting it short. So, you know, just pushing myself further, just always thinking about all my whatever I work out. You gotta you gotta go beyond your limits, you gotta go plus ultra. And I was just like, how am I supposed to be the symbol of peace if I'm not going beyond my limits? So that kind of kickstarted yes. me. Yeah, I gotta remember, man, I'm the symbol of peace. So I gotta keep doing, I just gotta keep pushing past my limits, going better. And it it, it pays off because not only do you have more to give, like you're, you're capable of more than you think you are. And but the more you do that, the more everything else builds back up faster. And it's like, ah, yes, now, now everybody's back on the same team here. <laughs> just, you know, a little, little tighter posture, getting a little, little more straighter, a little bit. It's finally cooling off. Got a couple of days of rain. So that was pretty cool. It was a, a treacherous week, a short one for me because I decided to take Friday off for a very special occasion. That we'll get into. Yes. Right right now. <laughs> yes. This, I was gonna say topic of the week. No, uh, this is basically gonna be a topic of the week, the way this thing is gonna be discussed. So I love this when we get to dive into a highly anticipated game. You already know what it is. A dub's been waiting his entire life for this. So I'm gonna just step aside, A dub, and I'm gonna let you talk about what you've been playing for yeah. the past 40, well, not even 40, what, 72 hours? <laughs> no, on awesome, too. Like, it's, if, if, if I got have, have you been getting sleep, A-Dub? <laughs> I have been getting sleep. Yeah, that's and good. That's oddly good. enough, I've still been working, I've still been waking up at the appropriate time. Oh, nice. kind of weird. But, you know, I, like, them, yeah, I, I think you've got the grown man, the grown man. <laughs> uh, maybe just my good behavior leading up to the day of the game's early access release. Like kind of got me a little juice where I could do where I could do that. Maybe I just have to replenish the cells and then I can start getting more neglectful again. But yeah, man, uh, I think I put in like a twenty four hour session. <laughs> <laughs> I may have, I don't know. I, I wasn't paying attention to the time. But yes, I finally got my hands on Starfield. Field, field, field. Just throughout the whole show, field, 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 field. Yeah, man. Been waiting for this for that agonizing delay that they put on it. But you know what? They needed the time. They wanted to put the work in. They they said it was going to be at 30, 30 frames, but it's going to be locked. They said it, it's going to have fewer bugs than any other previous games. They said it was going to be all about the fidelity and the detail. And I, I got to say, in my personal opinion, I think Bethesda hit it on all those notes, I think they delivered exactly what they advertised because I'm having an absolute blast with this game. So we all know the basics. We all saw the the 45 minute direct, your ship building, stealing sandwiches and all that good stuff. But now having played the game and having that, that hands on experience with it, it's, to me, it's their finest work. 
because it controls well. It looks great while it's running that 30 frames per second. That was something that I was pretty like concerned about, but you know what? It works and it looks good. Like I'm used to it. It's not doing the flickering like other games do with their 30 frames per second. Model. Like it's, it's a very enjoyable experience. You know, game looks absolutely stunning. Beautiful art direction, mm-hmm. excellent animations. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's the first Bethesda game where I use the camera angle where it's all the way out from the character. Normally, <laughs> in every Bethesda game, it's like Oblivion. I always kept the camera at waist height for the character because their legs never looked like they had a solid relationship with the ground. It, it wasn't until about maybe Skyrim or Fallout 4 that they finally started addressing that. But in previous games, it was just like, your legs are running full speed to the left, your, your torso's all the way around, and you're, you're fighting a dude with your backwards legs. It's, it was it was, it was was not fun, but they did enough stuff. However, Starfield just has amazing animations. I like seeing the character's whole body. I like seeing the relationships of the world around them. And just the I, I, I don't even know where to begin. It's just it's just great to finally play it. It's great to feel how it handles. It's great to dig into the nuts and bolts, the moment to moment. It's by all means, it's exactly what I was personally looking for, which was a Bethesda RPG set in the backdrop of the vastness of space. And that's if you just take those words <laughs> at face value, that's still an oversimplification of what the game is, because it seems to take just all their ideas and their ingenuity over this entire time and melds it into this kind of magnum opus of a product. It's just like everywhere you go, the game is just so content rich. Now, I put in maybe a couple dozen, a few dozen hours right now. So give or take that one 24 hour session. But it's like, we know about Destiny games, we know what they offer. Like, oh, there's the Radiant Story quests, and then there's the side quests, and there's the main quests. And then, but what we really do is we go off the beaten path and we, we explore everything. It's with this game, there's so many places to go, there's so many things to interact with. And, and pick up and utilize and there's so many people to talk to and just so many little nooks and crannies all over everywhere I haven't even dared to venture off of the beaten path yet because like I, I can barely wrap my head around the areas that the game itself is already carrying me through like I haven't explored all of New Atlantis yet I haven't explored all of Aquila City. I haven't explored all of Neon, but every time I reach out and go to a particular corner or to a particular storefront or, or talk to somebody who just happens to have a name or stop and listen to somebody's conversation, the game is giving me a quest, is giving me an item, is giving me some information. It just constantly rewards me. Like there there are high rise towers in some of these some of these games and they have multiple floors that are just different companies to correspond to the various products that they have in the game the, like either weapons manufacturers or people who make ship parts or people who make whole ships and then just more gets introduced as you level up i've been focusing a lot on the main quest i'm gonna try to take the advice 
of Todd Howard and Pete Hines and try to push my way through the main story. I mean, I've, I've definitely encountered some twists and this. Oh man, it. What, what type I, of I don't I don't know where to start. So like yeah, it's 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 about question time. It's like I could gush about this game <laughs> all day long. I barely scratched the surface, and I just feel like it offers so much, especially for someone who just grew up looking at the stars their whole life, wondering if there's anything else out there other than this. It's just like Starfield is is hidden. All the notes, but you so, were saying. Was, I was gonna say, uh, so one just gameplay, like how you how you've been handling the gameplay. What uh, what type of character you are you going like? Like, are you are you like a good guy? You okay. you kind of a scoundrel? I, I did see, I I did see you. You we were watching a little bit of gameplay from a dub, like more recent gameplay, and oh, you know, there was TV slash control issues pod. Yeah, and there there was one scene where you know, homie wasn't wasn't giving up, wasn't giving it up to you, yeah. <laughs> and. You know, things had to get a little violent. So, like, how, how are you? Yeah. How do you? How do you see yourself? I know you said you you want to do persuasion, but if persuasion doesn't work, it's it's time to get violent. How are you? How are you attacking things? Well, let, let's start from the beginning with the character creation and the back the background. I chose for my character like with the traits. I got the kid stuff trait. I got the wanted trait, but I also sorry, have... sorry, sorry. I got to jump in there. How how are you liking how your parents look based on your character? Now, luckily for me, I made a, a fairly good-looking character, so my parents are adorable, man. Uh, <laughs> and, and their performance is like, they're just straight-up parents. They say parent shit. They do parent stuff. Is there was, there was one moment where both of them were going back at each other, back and forth with each other with dialogue from what sounded like two different conversations, and I was like, you know what? That could be a bug, but that also could be just parent shit. Because <laughs> you know, parents sometimes they just talk over each other with two different stories. But yeah, it's it's been extremely rewarding both in the experience and with tangible rewards. Like my parents have gifted me a weapon, gifted me a, a spacesuit and a helmet. Uh, I've been gifted. My dad gifted me the ship because he was just hot on the car table one night. <laughs> I was like, what? Their their stories, their interests. I I find myself genuinely caring about them and wanting to take care of them, wanting to listen to them, wanting to help them, and you know just make their lives easier. Like that. So far, kid stuff has been everything I hoped it would be. However, I hope it goes to it. But we'll see. I like it. It's it always saddens me when I'm in the dialogue options because when you when you finish talking to your dad, there's always the option to remove the kid stuff perk and to basically cut you, cut your family off. And I'm like, I'll never, yeah. <laughs> never get rid of this this trait. But yeah, I have kid stuff wanted. Wanted is kicking in because now like bounty hunters are just when I jump from planet to planet or star system to star system. Every now and then, some bounty hunter ships will pop in, and like, yeah, you got a got a price on your head. What you trying to do about that? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I could either, I could either tell them to go screw themselves and, mm. and try to shoot them out the sky. Mm. I think I I've beaten one group so far, but another one put me down because they they come in at a higher level. I think right now they're I'm level seventeen, maybe eighteen. They're coming into like level twenty, twenty one. However, I think I have the equipment on my ship now to be able to stop 
stop paying them to leave me alone. Like the last crew got me five G's, which is up from the two G's I was paying at the outset. So it's based on that experience, I would say it's looking like maybe if you keep paying them to go away, the price will keep going up until you have no other choice but to fight. Okay. All right. <laughs> but hey, I like it. But yeah, so the wanted, the wanted trade's kicking in, but I also have the bounty hunter trade which I'm trying to lean into every now and then I get some dialogue choices. Like I can relate to somebody who's in the trade again. Yeah, you know, I know what it's all about. And then that will persuade them to do something different. So yeah, that's, that's the background I'm going with. Okay. And so far as my perks, I wanted to do lock picking. I wanted to be able to fly any kind of ship. So piloting, um, I got, what is it? Shotguns, pistols, rifles and ballistic weapons in general since that that seems to be i don't know additive somebody can somebody can clarify that for us but it compounds the damage i'm doing with conventional weapons so i'm staying away from energy weapons um i'm going with commerce and scavenging so i can find more stuff so i can buy things cheaper and sell them for more money and then um i'm gonna start putting i just started putting points in persuasion I'm trying to think, what's that one? Um, I might have to go with weightlifting because it's the game is so packed with content that you're going to want to pick up everything because you know how it is in, in games like this. You feel like everything is important. Let me just get everything into a central location. That way I can just, I can divvy it up later and figure out what's going on. Can't really do that in this. I mean, even with your ship's cargo space, like I'm, I'm right up on the edge of both my personal my personal storage and my ship storage. So you're really prioritizing out in the field and just picking the stuff that's necessary. But yeah, I, so I got a lot of combat perks. I'm starting to get more social stuff and more like techie stuff along the way. I'm trying to be like the bounty hunter with the, or the ex bounty hunter with the heart of gold. So, you know, I'm going around on helping people and just depending on the situation and what kind of people they are determines how I respond to them in a given moment. Like good people, you know, you know keep your credits. It's just doing the good deed is enough for me. They're like, oh man, you're really something special. It's like, I, I don't need, <laughs> I don't need all that. And I, yeah, I so like- you don't, you, don't, you don't want the, uh, what is it? The, um, the fan? <laughs> oh, the the adoring fan yeah yeah with the adoring fan <laughs> he had well i didn't pick it so i guess he wouldn't he wouldn't show up okay and that's good but... <laughs> so keep him up. oh bounty hunter is my background my traits were kids stuff wanted an introvert introvert if i have a companion my my actions take up more oxygen which kind of makes sense start having that panic attack lungs feeling with co2 but yeah, so the what's background. The, what's the bonus of the introvert? When you're by yours, I believe it's when you're by yourself, that stuff takes less oxygen. Ah, okay. You you operate under your ideal circumstances. Yeah, so how much is oxygen a factor in the game? Uh I imagine it's a factor when you're using melee weapons, it's a factor when you're sprinting, okay. as well as when you're over encumbered. Is it like you, your stamina? Is oxygen like your stamina? Or is yes. It okay. Yeah, it's your stamina. But you know, you can you can jog, you can run without burning stamina, just as long as you're under the, the encumberment threshold, yeah. and then you only use stamina. <laughs> you, only, <laughs> you only use stamina when you're sprinting. 
And even when you're using stamina while you're over encumbered, it's such a small amount. Like I always get to where I'm going. And then um, the only other thing that over encumbered takes away is fast track. That can be annoying, especially considering how most of your navigating in the game is done. I feel like fast traveling. Uh, yeah. I feel like that's like a standard for like Bethesda games. Like you're over encumbered, you're not fast traveling. Yeah. Nah, yeah, you ain't going nowhere, brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'm back to town. <laughs> you gotta carry all that back. <laughs> yeah. Both ways. But yeah, it's um, okay, so, so yeah. a couple things. Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry. Keep going. You have anything well, else yeah. to Bounty Hunter, Heart of Gold. And with that situation with the dude, it's, I didn't want things to end violently. Uh-huh. Ideally, I would like to persuade people, and but for somebody who felt that way, I should have gone for persuasion perks at the outset rather than almost level 20. But <laughs> I'm going to get the persuasion perks. I'm going to be more successful in, in conversation. I'm going to convince people that, you know, Maybe there's another one. <laughs> but this one guy, there was there was no persuading him. I was close. I was one I was one check away. I'm very much loving the persuasion system, by the way. It's it's no longer, oh, I just have the right stat to get this right conversation item and then that immediately bypasses everything. It's like, no, you actually have to talk people into stuff. So you know, you have your green, your yellow, and your red comments, and those determine the the likelihood of success if you choose any of those dialogue options. And then they each have a point value attributed to them. Those points add up to the maximum persuasion necessary to convince the person. And that can vary depending on, you know, how impressionable they are, you know, how gullible they are. Sometimes it's four points. Uh, I've seen it up to, I almost want to say eight, but I've definitely seen sixes and I've won some of them, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. It's, it's reinforcing. However, it don't count for nothing because I didn't have a perk. So then I couldn't have the thing where it's like, oh, win three, three persuasions. Damn it, I could have had that person. But yeah, he wasn't having it. Didn't talk him into it. So I was just like, fuck it. You're giving me the goods. Pulled out my 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 wakizashi. So cutting up evil. Before they could turn around with whatever weapons they had, I cut him down. His homie like backed up. It, that and that's a cool touch that they have in the game. If you're just killing it in combat and you're killing people's teammates, they'll just run. <laughs> oh yeah, they just break out. Fuck it. <laughs> I've been in, I've been in a situation like I was in a cave. And I was just wiping out these spacers. And the last two left, they were just like, you know what, fuck this. It just turned and ran. <laughs> but then, of course, you're exploring. No. <laughs> they're, in the, yeah, they're in the cave and they're hiding like because they just don't want any parts of this. However, if you walk by them, they'll still like shoot at you. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, I got to kill you now. <laughs> <laughs> I would have let you live if you just sat there and cowered. Um, okay, so I have a couple of things written down based on what you were just talking about. Let's go into first the um, the easy one. I know it's a thing that you've loved in Bethesda games up until this point, and you've talked about your love of mini games. So, how is lock picking in Starfield? You know, I read a remark, I believe it was an IGN's review about how whoever came up with digi picking is is a genius. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta I gotta agree because you can't. <laughs> 
the it preserves like the challenge and the skill of the lock picking sort of because you know you still have to find the right the right sequence to go in the gaps but they add a twist on it because there are multiple layers to a lock and you only have so many pieces that you could slot in so it's you can't just brute force it where it's like all right i'm gonna just break a few picks and do this it's like no like you're using these rings and they get consumed as you go through and what you're trying to do is get the exact number of slots filled. So if a, if a ring has six slots, then I need to pick my little keys that come to a total of six, but also go into where the spots are on the ring. So it's math as well as orienting those rings. And you got you to gotta plan ahead. And that's what I like about it. So I'm not just looking at the lock like, all right, I'm going to just turn it this way a little. Oh, it didn't go that much. Turn this way a little. Oh, it went a lot more. I got it. It Now it's like, okay, these two can go here. And then I have these three. And all right, I got to swap one. All right, let me use these and this and those two. And then you go do it. And it's like, ah, there we go. <laughs> yeah, it's... It's not quick. You have to sit there. You have to think about it. You have to engage with it, and you have to you have to respect the challenge that it's putting before you because it's a lock. It's trying to keep you out, and but it's it's not just going to roll over for you. So I really love that. I really love that mechanic. Uh, are there any other mini games? I felt like there was something else, and I can't think of it right now. But that's all right. did well, you, if you think about did it, you pick it as much? Well? <laughs> all right, did you pick an issue? All right, so I mean, you discussed it, but let's you know kind of get into it. So, kind of like the whole why you love this game, the sci-fi aspect. So let's talk about the ship, getting the ship, how how have you enjoyed it, upgrading it, changing things in and out, maybe getting a new ship, and then how you like in the space combat. Well, like just with the ships in general, you get one at the outset of the game pretty quickly, so it, it's not like you. You had to work for it, and there's that level of appreciation for having it. However, it's still a, a goddamn ship. It's a it's a physical object that you can walk around inside. It has stations and all kinds of things for you to do, and you can hide. Like it has its cargo, you can put stuff in it. It's it's dope. Like it's it's on the level where I was hoping cars in GTA would get to one day. Where pop the trunk, put stuff in the trunk and just have more customization options really make it yours. But with the Starship, like, it's that and more. And yeah, like, at first I wasn't really thinking about, alright, you know, one of these days I'm going to buy another ship and, and do that. I looked at the prices, I looked at the models, nothing really stood out to me. And then just in one session yesterday, just over the course of maybe about an hour, I went from having one ship to three ships. Because the kid stuff perk, I told you guys earlier about my, my dad had a hot hand at a car game, <laughs> won a ship, but he couldn't fly it, so he gave it to me. <laughs> I was like, what? Thanks. That's amazing. So I got that ship, and then I did another mission, and I'm not going to spoil it too much, but if just a word of advice to anybody who's playing Starfield, if you have a side mission for Secret Outpost, 
do it, follow it to completion, thank me later. Because that was the most rewarding side quest I think I've ever done in a Bethesda game ever. Because it it's it was lengthy, it was unique, it had a, its own puzzles, it had its own lore attached to it, and it just it rewarded you along the way, but it wasn't until you got to the very end where the big rewards happen, where like the legendary equipment and the ship happens. And it's just like, yo. And then the, the culmination of the lore itself, when you understand the significance of the location, as well as everything that you were just given, like it, it's not just, all right, here's a secret place with some really cool stuff. It's like, this is, this is a thing. This is part of the greater underlying lore of the of the settled systems. And like just do it. Do the secret outpost side quest and thank me later. We can talk about it, send in your comments and questions. But yeah, insofar as the ship combat, it takes it takes a minute to get acclimated to it as well as upgrade your ship enough where you're gonna you're gonna stand a better chance out there. But once you start to understand it and you get into it, it's it works. It brings the whole fantasy together with that whole space element and navigating your ship. I mean, it's it's not up there with straight up ship based combat space. Yeah, you just got done playing with like Everspace and yeah. yada yada. Everspace yada. two, Rebel yeah. Galaxy Outlaw, Galaxy, the Dimensional Void, I should say. Um what was that other one I really liked? Oh, I'll, I'll think of it later. But yeah, it's it's not on that level. It does enough. Like the you're basically you're basically piloting a giant missile, and the left stick acts as a throttle, like in the way that you would see in a sci-fi movie, where you know you push it forward and it it gives you a certain amount of thrust. It's not like you have to hold it. You're not you're not driving a car, you're you're guiding a missile and you're trying not to hit stuff while still remaining on target, remaining aggressive. And, you know, you could do the whole allocating power to, to different systems part, especially when you don't have that much energy to go around for all your various systems. But in general, once you start getting closer to about, you know, 20, 18, 20 uh, generator points, you're pretty much covered for what you need to do. The rest just comes down to the, the quality of your components and your ability to maintain your composure while you're being shot at from multiple directions. But, you know, it, it throws side quests oriented around that at you. I mean, I've had a, I had just finished a quest where just spacers are causing trouble. And it's like, all right, we got to wipe out the spacers. And they got some ships over here, wipe those out. They got some more ships over here giving us trouble, wipe those out. All right, time to put the nail in the coffin. They got a they got a base over here, a derelict base. We need to get in there. We got to go flush them out. So you get there, fight a bunch of additional ships. Then you, you dock with the base. You go in on foot. You got some reinforcements, <laughs> cleaning the place out, figuring out its in, environmental puzzles and and pathways and like that. That right there was the big thing. One of the big things that I was most excited about, especially with the game of just this incredible scope, is like, are they still going to have those those kind of puzzles and just little offbeat things where, oh, you know, I didn't notice that vent over there. We go open it. All right, I'm 
walking, dropping in this room that I didn't know was here. Oh, I'm behind that door. I couldn't access. There we go. Get this loot. Get this legendary. <laughs> and I love how Bethesda has like has tiered loot now, where they introduced it with Fallout, or they might have even introduced it with Skyrim, to my recollection. But with Fallout, that was where I got it in a in a form that I could really relate because it was you would fight the legendary enemy and they would drop a legendary piece of gear. In this one, it's it doesn't seem so much that it's legendary enemies. It might be like a very high level enemy, but you clear them out and sometimes they just have, you know, blue level gear or purple level gear. But a yellow level gear. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what I'm really looking for. So, yeah, getting that loot, finding that stuff, and just there's there's so much nuance to the wide range of things that the game offers, and it's it's just rewarding, man. Yeah. Everywhere you go, everything you do, there's there's something gorgeous to look at. There's something interesting to listen to. There's something cool to go do. There's somewhere far off to go explore. It's, it just keeps giving me the goods and as <laughs> just a sci-fi fan all you want is give me the vastness of space and enough gameplay mechanics to make it feel real yeah. star build is doing that for me. i have two more questions but um you know let's take a quick break because i want to give these questions time to breathe so we'll, we'll jump right back in after this break we are back all right so a dub got these two bigger bigger <laughs> bigger picture, bigger picture <laughs> questions for you. Um, one. So now for Bethesda, I know you being a big fan of Bethesda games, Fallout, namely. Um, does this now feel like a big three for Bethesda? Starfield, Elder Scrolls, and Fallout, or is this, you know, is is it right up there with them as far as anticipation? They'll now, you know, they got Elder, Elder, we got Elder Scrolls coming next. We got Fallout after, and then. In 20 years, the next Starfield comes out. Does it feel like it's now up there with that? Oh, absolutely. It's none of those games come close to the absolute enormity of Starfield, but that's all amplified and improved because of the rock solid performance and the, the more technical soundness of the game where it's it's less problematic than any of those it performs better than all of those it's absolutely enormous it does what it sets out to do and it just it's so content rich and fully detailed it's it's on a level that those games wish they could be on now don't get me wrong fallout 3 was the one that just made me absolutely fall in love with their RPGs. Oblivion caught my attention, but Fallout 3 was the one where it was like, I I haven't played anything like this and I don't want anything else other than this. Um, Skyrim was like, okay, they can get it together and they can, they can continue to step up and improve in big ways while still delivering just increasing levels of content, increasing amounts of content with increasing levels of quality. Like they don't just get better in one particular aspect of their development. They improve on every level in every way. Yeah. So it and may not also be like, to where like Skyrim, wanted to be. <laughs> yeah. I feel like Skyrim is also kind of just a moment in that like 
it came out it was so big and then just the fact that it was ported to like every console every time it was ported to a console it was like it was like when a new when a state gets a in, gets an in and out and like yeah. people are lining up around around like for miles <laughs> to go to in and out um yeah i just felt like skyrim was like was that moment for bethesda as far as like you know elden ring what that did for from software that was like skyrim yeah. um like yeah, the, the break the breakthrough yeah because it it did it it also did so i believe that skyrim might have been the first game that was the simultaneous worldwide release on both xbox and playstation mm. i feel like I feel like Fallout may have been staggered. I know Oblivion was. I mean, yeah. Fallout could have easily been been the first one with the simultaneous. So I could be wrong. My my game historian degree is definitely questionable. <laughs> it's you know it was around that time and it was around that point. Skyrim was it. Skyrim was such a significant step forward from Oblivion, chiefly, but also from Fallout Three in in just a matter of like three years. That was kind of crazy, and but Starfield does the exact same thing, and it's it does it for itself. Like it doesn't do it with the shadow of a Fallout or the shadow of an Elder Scrolls hanging over it. It's a new IP. It can be what it is. It doesn't have to be what something else was to a degree where people can be like, okay, well that's acceptable enough, and I can now deal with the positive things it does like this is just straight up this is dope this is new <laughs> and it, it's ah oh man it's so good i just can't stop thinking about it and then all the, all the possibilities okay and then next bigger picture question now for somebody who you know you skip the one the xbox one generation hop back mm -hmm. in with the series x does this one change your view of Microsoft? And do you think it would change other it would change other people's view of Microsoft? Because you know, like leading up to this, leading up to this moment, it was all about where are the games, Phil, yeah. where are the games you promised? Yeah. <laughs> like you can't be a great console without the games. And and from what it sounds like, Starfield has delivered. And if you know that this is maybe a sign of things to come, at least from one of their studios, how, how what's your view of uh, Microsoft and Xbox now as a console? Well, I mean, my, my opinion of Xbox as a console doesn't change. I, it's kind of it's kind of bad for the game that, you know, wows audiences to be a Bethesda game studio game, to be something like Starfield, because that's not something you're going to get again in another two to four years. That's something you're going to be waiting like seven, eight, 15, 20 years. We're still waiting for the next Elder Scrolls, and we got some news on that. But it came out in 2011. It's like going on 13 years now. Uh, we got Starfield out of it, which I am over the moon about. But, you know, that next Elder Scrolls, that next Fallout, like, especially the next Fallout. Are you kidding me? We're probably not going to see the next Fallout until, like, the 2030s, maybe even the next console journey. So you get you so, could see yourself skipping the next Xbox generation, possibly. Yeah, or, especially or this, because I'm, I'm trying to go to the PC thing, so I know that those games are going to be there. Okay, but that that's but that, a that's, that's, that's a separate that's a, circumstance. Yeah, yeah, it's a completely different situation. Yeah, yeah. But like my opinion of, of where Microsoft is doesn't change because one, this game was going to happen with or without them. It may have been at a different level of quality. 
But it's now in their stable, though. I mean, it is, but they bought it. And <laughs> but it's but I'm talking about just from a purely from a consumer standpoint, not from a you know this is how I feel on my principle. Like I'm talking about, are people going to be buying Xboxes now because of Starfield and well, the promise I mean, of that's, like that's a different question. It, like I feel yeah like, yeah yeah. So that's what I'm talking I, about. I, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, I'd be I'd be very surprised if there. I, I felt like I read something where there was like a 1,000 percent sales spike of series x's on amazon or something like that but yeah, okay. if if starfield is not that game then microsoft is in serious trouble but by all accounts it appears to be that game i recommend it to everyone if you like space if you like bethesda rpgs this is the perfect apex of those things it okay. could be better well i mean it could be better there are some things that i wish were improved like mostly quality of life stuff but that says a lot about a game where it's not like I wish the combat was better or I wish the ships were better or I wish like the the story and the writing were better. <laughs> <laughs> like I wish the inventory management was better. I wish that other mechanics around the inventory were better. It's not so much that like, dude, it, it runs well. It looks great. <laughs> it's full of content. It, when you're at a point where all you can think about is quality of life stuff in a game like this, especially one that everyone expected to just be a total mess on day one, then that developer has knocked it out of the park in a way that no other developer has. Mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah, it's, it's definitely a feather in Microsoft's cap. It will definitely attract eyes and dollars. So yeah. They're off to a good start with having this under their belt. We just got to see what the next stuff is. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into, or do you have anything else to say before we get into these topics of the week? Well, I, I believe we still haven't talked about what you're playing. Oh, let's see. We're not going to do that now. With this one. <laughs> I'm playing, I'm playing, playing uh, Stardew Valley. Playing Stardew Valley. We're at 89% uh, perfectionist completion. So we'll probably put down that last 10% this week. It's only, Two more things we need to do. Um, I need to go kill the last of those Pepper Rexes, those damn Pepper Rexes. I'll get the Monster Slayer uh, badge or reward for that. Uh, and then Marissa, I think she needs to like craft. Oh yeah, she needs to get her combat up so she can get a craft a, a recipe for cooking, and that's our final cooking recipe. And then we'll have gotten all the all the cooking recipes on top of that. So and she's going out and, and getting her getting her hands bloody. Yeah, so when I'm going out and hunting these pepper rexes, Marissa's been coming with me, and yes. she basically she's been she's been picking off the homies while I go after the pepper rex. Um, so yeah, that's that's pretty much been it though. I'm, I'm so this weekend we got somebody to watch the kids, which means we're gonna have our first weekend without the kids since Ooh. God knows however long. Ooh. So it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be everything. We're we're talking about like. Stardew Valley with edibles and yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be one of those one of those weekends. Um, I'm so looking forward to it. I it'll be interesting to see what happens. But yeah, I I can't I can't wait. I can't wait after seeing some of the gameplay. Um, so it definitely won't be next weekend. But I'm we'll see what your schedule's like. But maybe two weeks from now, AMC will be rolling through. Check out. Oh, come through. Check out. Yeah, <laughs> come through it. Check out that Starfield. Oh, check out that man. Armored Core. 
just check out everything. Um, yeah, so and, much to check out. Yeah, there's so much. So yeah, I can't, I can't wait. But um, yeah, let's get into these topics of the week. Topics of, topics of the week. week. <laughs> um, do you want to lead off a dub? Do I want to? Should I? I I can lead off if you need a second. I've been talking a lot. If you. Well, you know what? I want to. I want to have a continuation of the previous story. Okay. Uh, we we told people that CD Projekt Red is going to be bringing those Cyberpunk 2077 2.0 upgrades to the base game, alongside the Phantom Liberty expansion. But we got a little more information. Uh, the police system they discussed a bit more in detail how they changed it. So, oh. yes, this is coming from Brian Dinsdale over at IGN. CD Projekt Red says, we rebuilt the system on clear, simple rules. Criminal activity is punished, runners are chased, and cyber psychos are flatlined. No questions asked. All features in the system are designed to support clarity and the simple but expanded prevention. Uh, for those who decide to run, we prepared engaging car chases and roadblocks to make the escape more difficult. As a player, you will know when the police are not after you. NPCs will leave the scene in a way that is natural and intuitive. You can lose them by running away from the crime scene on foot or driving away. Make sure to stay out of sight. Um, see, the article goes on to state, upon reaching the maximum heat level in Cyberpunk 2077 2.0, players will be presented with a max tech mini boss, which comes in different archetypes. The Night City mm. Police Department will otherwise show no mercy when catching a player, not accepting bribes or surrender. AFC, as someone who just has this game, this, this game is literally marinating in your library, getting better with time, getting better with age. <laughs> By the time you, you peel the rind off and, 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 and melt it over pasta, are, are you going to be ready for all this, AFC? You're, about to, you're about to be playing the cyberpunk that they advertised they instead, of the they cyberpunk, instead of the cyberpunk that they released. Yeah, should have been there at launch. Should have been there at launch. Yeah, no, I, I'm going to get the the promise. Um, yeah, I know. I'm I'm so excited because everything I hear about this game is it's like completely turned around. They they righted the ship and then some. It's absolutely awesome. People love the world now from like. I guess in comparison to what they had experienced before, um, it, it has everything. Like it's it's all it's changed the the outlook with CD Projekt Red as far as like oh Witcher Witcher was kind of a flash in the pan. Now it's like no 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 they know what they're doing and we can mm -hmm. look forward to the next Witcher game. So yeah, I am I am absolutely looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to the cops being after me and me calling up homie Johnny Johnny Silverfingers to. Give them the <laughs> knives. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm pumped. But yeah, I got nothing more to say about that. I mean, it's, it's an awesome game, and I can't wait to play it. Yeah, it's gonna be a game changer, man. Because it, I'm pretty sure I described the previous episode, but basically, the police they either don't do anything, or they are just too much, and not in, <laughs> not in like you know a believable manner, like too much in a video game. We don't have a system for this manner. You get wanted, and they just start appearing. <laughs> they just start spawning in random areas. Like, you turn your back, turn back around, there's a cop. Uh, you go around a corner, you climb a building, there's a drone. <laughs> you go around another corner, there's some cops. But then the cops that are actually in the world, they're, they're just window dressing. 
Like they're just standing there or they're going through some scripted interaction with a, with a throwaway NPC. But never is it like, oh, you just killed a guy in broad daylight. We're going to come after you or we're going to we're going to get in this car and chase you. It's just like, ah, oh, you did it over there. We're over here. <laughs> so but now it's like if they're going to be given pursuit. I remember I was running from drones in a parking garage or turning my back, shooting a drone down, dipping, jumping, leaping 20 feet over a shipping crate. But now, like, if the police are chasing me or if Max Tech comes in and these these encounters can turn into just straight up urban warfare, like, that's really going to do a lot for this game. The combat was already cool, especially with the cyberware-oriented elements and the different cybernetic things you could do. But it like just making it more dynamic and responsive to the player's input in that manner. Like there's a very large potential for that alone. Like the improvement in the police, the, the random events, like, that that could be the glue that brings it all together in a way that people will have a hard time denying. So it's just my opinion, but Let's get to the next topic of the week. Top, top topic, topic of the, of the week. week. Let's see. Uh, we have the best-selling games of July in the USA dub. Oh, this um, gathered by the, home, the homies at Circana, formerly known as the MPD Group. Mm-hmm. So let's go into the top twenty. Number one, a dub's current, maybe former game of the year for twenty twenty-three. That being a debut game, The Remnant Two. Mm. Um, number two, is that yeah, for is, remnant? That's yeah. amazing. Launching number one, uh, number two, Diablo 4. That was formerly number one. Now, Diablo 4 is at the number two spot. Then we still, have still moving, still moving units. <laughs> uh, people, people buying it, getting that seasonal content. <laughs> all, all depends on what number three is. <laughs> uh, let's see, uh, number three, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, four. Hogwarts Legacy 5, Final Fantasy 16, 6, we got another new game, Pikmin 4, 7, The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, 8, Street Fighter 6, 9, Elden Ring, and 10, MLB The Show. We'll run through these last couple. That's a pretty hot top 10. Like, that's one of the hottest top 10s I've ever heard on a, I, on a like monthly sales report, because normally it's like three or four EA Sports games, 2K. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we got like Diablo. We got the game of the month. <laughs> it's something else. We got Call of Duty. We got Hogwarts. We got Final Fantasy. We got Pikmin. <laughs> we got Legend of Zelda, Street Fighter. I mean, it's it's crazy. Elden Ring still moving units. Still, always going to cross twenty million if it hasn't. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, Eleven Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Eight Mario Kart. Eight still selling. Um, Call of Duty Black Ops Two. We'll more on that. Let's see, Minecraft, FIFA 23, number 16, we got a new game, A-Dub, Exo mm. Primal. Uh, Exo Primal getting on the board. Uh, getting on the board. 17, Marvel Spider-Man, Miles Morales. 18, Marvel Spider-Man, so people getting ready. <laughs> <laughs> 19, Dead Island 2, and 20, Black Ops 3, Call of Duty Black Ops 3. So, you know, so there's a lot of uh, Call of Duty on there. Let's see, uh, mini classes. Those, those Spider-Man dudes are the ones that are like, oh, I think I need to, I want to know the story. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, here's a note with Call of Duty, why we saw so much Call of Duty on there. Uh, many classic Call of Duty titles experienced a resurgence in July as multiplayer service functionality was restored on Xbox platforms aligned with price promotion. Uh, Call of Duty Black Ops 2 returned to the top 20 best-selling list uh, for the first time since April 2017. So... Yeah, um, Xbox, I guess they returned <laughs> that online functionality for Call of Duty, and they also have that back back compat program going on. So people were fired up to go play old ass Call of Duty games. Uh, I don't know, maybe, you know, there was like a lot of chatter about, um, what was it like last week when the Xbox 360 store was getting shut down, or at least yeah. it was announced that it was going to get shut down? Maybe people weren't talking about it because they were busy playing Call of Duty. <laughs> and so they're just like, what? What's happening? That's what you do, revive a classic game. <laughs> you get rid of the other classic game. Yeah. <laughs> Shut the classic game down. Yes. Uh, let's see. Um, we have the top. We'll do the top. Yeah, we'll do top 20 best-selling games of the year so far. Uh, number one, Hogwarts Legacy. Two, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Three, holding on. Number three, Diablo 4. So we got three heavy hitters right there. Four. You didn't tell me the Hogwarts Legacy is still the best selling game of the year. Yeah, it's holding on. I mean, as of July. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. <laughs> we'll see. Because uh, Boulder's Gate will be coming out eventually. It will, it'll be interesting to see how Starfield sells with Game Pass out there. But there is PC. You know, there's PC accounted with that. So maybe people will buy it on Steam. But. Um, yeah, there's still some games coming. We got Spider-Man, we got Mario, so we'll see if Hogwarts can hold on. But I mean, Harry the power of Harry Potter. People thought JK Rowling getting canceled would stop the success of this game, but yeah. I think I think uh Harry Potter fans are, are showing up anyway. Let's well, see. Tears of the Kingdom, like it's it's already moved well over 10 million units. Oh yeah, yeah. It's so a, like yeah. if it's already if it's already crossed that milestone, I don't imagine Hogwarts Legacy is that much far ahead of that. Yeah. Uh let's see. So number four, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, five Star Wars Jedi Survivor, six, Resident Evil 4, that remake, uh, seven, MLB the show 23, eight, Dead Island 2, nine, Final Fantasy 16, 10, Street Fighter 6, and then I'll run through these next couple. Um FIFA 23, Dead Space Remake, Elden Ring, Madden NFL 23, Mario Kart 8. Minecraft, The Last of Us Part One, and in its debut month, cracking the top twenty, Remnant Two, showing yeah. up. Nineteen, God of War Ragnarok, and twenty, Pokemon Scarlet Violet. And for the month, PlayStation Five was the best-selling hardware in both unit and dollar sales. Switch ranking two, uh, PlayStation Five continued to lead the 2023 hardware market across both uh, best-selling game, best-selling console of the year so far. Um, I guess, uh, yeah. Only thing I can ask you there, because it's a game that you love, the game that you have on your game of the year list, Remnant Two. Yes. Talk about its success and its and its debut. Um, I'm, I'm glad people are showing up for Remnant in yeah. big numbers. It's it's an Unreal Five game, and that that engine and what it's doing, with the visuals and the animations, especially the performance, is just really making what that franchise could be seen on. Higher level, man. It's just, it's RNG game selling number one. RNG game, <laughs> RNG, just hard, difficult game yeah. selling so number one. I mean, granted, there's four different settings you can choose, but yeah, you know, it's my options. Yeah, but it's still <laughs> the game is still going to test you. Like 
fundamentally it's a challenging game. Test your heart. Game, game with secrets, oh. <laughs> all, all kind of puzzles, and just like an overwhelming amount of content. Uh, a game that plays on its replay value, in that you have to re-roll worlds and go into adventure mode, and you know delve deeper. A, a game with grinding. You gotta mm. level up. You gotta level up all your archetypes. You can only have two equipped at a time. Gotta level up your weapons. You gotta, you gotta craft things. It's it's oh man, it's a really good game. It's a really good take on a Souls like kind of experience from uh, from a shooting perspective. Even though it has melee weapons, you could get in there. Yeah, man. Remnant Two is awesome. It deserves all of its success. I hope a lot more people play it. Very much looking forward to Remnant Three. You know, the the developer clearly can take criticisms and turn around and show you that they've really learned from them. So. Looking forward to seeing how they close out the trilogy, if it's a trilogy. I mean, if if Remnant 2 could come out of nowhere and completely dominate my life for a good chunk, then, you know, this developer knows what to do. All right, well, let's get into the next topic of the week. Top topic of the week. What you got, Adam? Uh, just a quick hit for Cyberpunk. They're talking about Phantom Liberty. Apparently, Cyberpunk 2077 is only getting one expansion, and this was a technical decision. So the blurb goes on to say, as we have announced a long time ago, we're not going to make a second or third expansion. This is the only expansion of the game, and it has nothing to do with the numbers and how satisfied or not we are with the sales or anything of the kind. It's a technological decision, to be honest. This is the last time we're working on the red engine, for the time being, at least, and in the foreseeable future, as you know, working on the Unreal Engine from Epic. This is one of the key reasons why we decided Phantom Liberty was the only one. So by all means, this is looking like they're ready to just move over and cut their teeth on Unreal. This means that they are definitely working on the number of projects that they have announced, including the remake of the original Witcher, uh, the next trilogy in the Witcher franchise, 4, 5, and 6, in addition to Cyberpunk 2. AMC, as a Cyberpunk fan in waiting, how does this news make you feel about the future of CD Projekt Red's projects? Uh, It's a good sign. I mean, we'll see how it turns out. I mean, what's good is by the time uh their next game comes out they'll have had plenty of time and the industry will have plenty will have had a lot more time to deal with um you know unreal engine the new was unreal engine 5 mm-hmm. so what's good about that is we obviously know about the uh the launch of cyberpunk and maybe this was a move in a way where it's like well now if we run into these issues we can now you know use the resource of you know the the support of unreal to help us you know, make sure that our game doesn't run into the same issues that we ran into with Cyberpunk. And it's also a, a recognition of possible mistakes that went into the development of Cyberpunk. Who knows if it's a guarantee for things to work out. I mean, they did eventually get things, you know, get the, get the ship righted when it came to Cyberpunk. But I think overall, they probably looked at this and they're like, you know, this this time, let's let's just change it up. And if, if the next game comes out, that, that means it's the right decision. I just like the fact that they're willing to make the change in order to, you know, ensure uh, a better launch. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I think it's it's a good move as long as it, uh, it it turns out well. But I like it. I mean, if 
Cyberpunk 2 is going to be anything close to or resembling what I'm getting in Remnant 2, best game of the year whenever it comes out. <laughs> Let's get to the next topic of the week. Top, top topic, topic of the, of the week. week. Um, yes, sir, we got some Nintendo Switch news, A-Dub. This is coming from IGN. The Nintendo Switch just passed the Wii's total sell, sales Ooh. in the U.S., in the United States. Uh, according to Circana, oh, okay. we got Circana showing up again. Um, the Switch not only succeeded the total U.S. sales of the Wii in July 2023, but it also is catching up to other popular previous-gen consoles. It's trailing the Xbox 360 by less than a million units and the PS2 by fewer than 5 million. Uh, the daddy attributes the Switch's strong performance this year to The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, which has sold over 18 million units as of the end of June. So... About to hit 20 million, thereby increasing console sales. Uh, the Switch has sold more in its first six years than the Wii ever did in its first decade on the market. So in six years, it did what the Wii did. The Wii, obviously, we remember as the con- it, it had some bangers on there, but it was viewed as the console that your grandma and <laughs> and, and your auntie also got and played. So there is a little bit of like, is this really for gamers? Um, but it did have Mario Galaxy and a, a ton of great games, evidenced by the fact that when they ported that shit over, yeah, I was definitely in heaven on the Switch. Um, when and, I went to go pick up my copy of Starfield, the dude in front of me was buying a Switch. Yes. <laughs> got an Excel Switch. <laughs> oh, yeah, you got that that OLED. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's by all accounts, great game, great, great console. I love it. Um, and yeah, I, I'm... I'm very happy to see that success continue for the Switch and, you know, hopefully a good sign for, you know, when they dive into the Switch 2, if they just realize, give them this, but but stronger, I think, you know, they'll just continue, that that success will continue to move forward with the company. Uh, what do you think of uh, Nintendo's success with the Nintendo Switch? It's, that's what they do. <laughs> that's just what they do. They identify just some new way to stimulate the market and they put their all behind it and the money follows. It's, they did it with the Wii. They, they had it with the, the Super Nintendo. They had it with the, the Game Boy. N64. Uh, Nintendo. They always find it. So the Switch, highly successful as it should be. It's just dominated that mobile scene. People, you see all the shows and you see all the articles about how oh mobile gaming is really big mobile gaming is <laughs> taking over everybody's like oh i hate mobile gaming da, 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 da. nintendo's like yeah, yeah hate mobile gaming. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's see how much you hate mobile gaming <laughs> people like sounding like well it's a console so it's not really mobile gaming <laughs> yeah like even kind of created their own market segment because while it is a handheld, it's still a console, though. Normally, handhelds portables were very much their own thing. Understand that because it's a handheld device, it has lower performance. You're fundamentally playing different kinds of games than you would if you just had a straight-up home console. However, with the Switch, that line is pretty much eroded away. It's it's a console, but you could play it on the go. And it's, it, it did to do that. The software was there. The third-party support was there. Playing Diablo 3 on it with the 
a work friend and her husband. It was a great experience. Yeah. Nintendo, man, and they just put out that that Mario Red Switch. <laughs> you know, people getting that. Yeah, uh, yeah, awesome. Love to see it. Love to see it. Uh, let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back for our next topic of the week. Uh, and we are back with the next topic of the week. Top topic of the week. What you got, Ada? Well, I don't know. It's, it's all kind of rolls. <laughs> rolls together in, in one melange of topics. It's actually three topics, but they're all related, and you're about to see why. Because first, we get Sony raising prices. <laughs> <laughs> and no, this this isn't them raising the price of games yet again twice in the in the same generation. There's still seventy bucks, and you're still tripping over ten dollars, but. Sony is raising the price on 12-month subscriptions of PS Plus across all tiers, 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 tiers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So let's get into the, the nitty of the grit here. Uh, from September 6th, Sony will increase the price for 12 months of PlayStation Plus Essential, Extra, and Premium. Here are the new prices. Uh, plus Essential. Is going to go up to $79 a year, $80 recently. Extra is going up to $135, while premium is going up to $160. Uh, post PlayStation blog, Sony issued a brief statement explaining the significant price hike. This price adjustment will enable us to continue bringing high quality games and value added benefits to your PlayStation Plus subscription service. So speaking of those high quality games that are coming to the PlayStation Plus subscription service, we also got the PS Plus games for September 2023. <laughs> <laughs> those games being Black Desert Travel Edition, Traveler Edition, Generation Zero, and Saints Row, bro, bro, bro. So Saints Row, uh, I believe I described it on this show as a game. It's it's a game. It is neither good nor overly bad <laughs> what it sets out to do. <laughs> However, it, it could have used a lot more polish. It could have used a lot more. It, it, it needed more time. It was severely undercooked and it showed on every level. And I hate to be that negative on the game but you know sometimes when you're just calling things like they are if they aren't that good that's what the talk is going to sound like so i'm not going to spend too much time on that but those are the ps plus games and this is coming on the heels of some other news <laughs> related <laughs> to saints row developer volition uh saints row developer volition shut down by embracer group <laughs> So Sony raising the price on PS Plus, their reason being so they can provide us with high quality games. Uh, they give us Saints Row, which isn't the highest quality game there is. And the developer behind Saints Row is being shut down by its parent company. So that that is the most interesting cluster of news articles I've seen 
released in such a short time period. Sony, Sony, Sony picking the bones. Yeah. <laughs> Bullish. Yeah. So, to, or may, maybe it's Embracer picking the bones, trying to get back whatever they can. Oh, that's the point. That's the point. Day. That's the point. It's like, well, it looks like you might need some money for that. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> old, old Daddy Ryan got some toys for you. He's walking around, money. <laughs> oh man, but you know, the it it sucks. You never want to see a studio get shut down. You know, yeah. volition. Whether whether or not the same talent has been there the whole time since the original Saints Row all the way through, but I mean, they have. Under that name, they have made some great games. So I hope the people at Volition who were affected by this, which we're thinking about it would be all of them. I hope they I hope they land soft. I hope they find somewhere else and I hope that their their talents are put to better use. <laughs> AMC, does this just break your game of heart? Um, no, nah, I mean, I didn't I haven't one, I haven't played Saints Row, but um based on what you described, you know. It is what it is, and um, you I can mean, play Saints Row. Yeah, I know. Now I can get it, which I I won't be. <laughs> I'm just it doesn't look like a game that I need to play, yeah. unfortunately. But um, yeah, I mean, overall, it seemed like I'm trying. I forgot the story because it was somewhat recently that something else was going on with Embracer Group, and I think Embracer Group's like one of those companies that like you know got like huge, and yeah. they're now you know trying to downsize and, and you know get things in order <laughs> like they got i think they're to- just having like either financial issues or they just realized they they bought a little more than they definitely need to yeah and so um i think this was part of it and so i mean it's it's unfortunate for volition because you know maybe if they were with a a publisher that that had his itch together maybe they'd get a shot at one more game to fail before you know getting getting closed um but yeah, your publisher is struggling. They got to figure things out. And then you have a very unsuccessful game. And so then you got to go, unfortunately, is the way it goes. And, you know, who knows? Maybe maybe those devs didn't like working at Volition after mm-hmm. the release of Saints Row. Who knows? So maybe they get to now move on to something else. But, yeah, it does suck because if they were still there, they still were getting paid. They're, you know, they they're, they might have families or whatever that rely on them yeah. so now they got to figure shit out possibly move so it's it's really unfortunate but it's um yeah it's it's one of those stories that's just like it's just sad overall because i also like to hear like stories of like a dev kind of coming back and you know turning things around you know having one bad game and then maybe they'll figure it out later uh so you know they don't get the chance we know if this was EA, there would be a hundred million stories about EA fumbling the yeah. bag once again with another developer. Uh, but we don't got to talk about that because EA now has their shit together. Uh, and and so, nobody said nothing bad about EA in a long yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like to the point where nobody. like Immortals of Avion like came out and people aren't taking the time to even like talk about yeah. like if the game has its struggles people aren't really talking about it so that's kind oh, of a sign just ea yeah E-A-E-A-N. <laughs> yeah exactly so uh yeah it is what it is it's, it's unfortunate but um i mean would you after playing saints row would you still have you know given that developer another shot possibly to come back and play another one of their games or did you see this as like not really a shock to you me and like don't get me wrong i know a good deal about how to run 
a good business. <laughs> but I know. And at the same token, I also understand that, you know, sometimes things go wrong, especially in a transition where your company was just recently acquired. Maybe there's a whole different kind of hierarchy or different levels of funding and stuff going on. Like, I don't know of the internal the internal circumstances of volition as a part of Embracer. So I can't sit here and muse as if everything that happened is a direct result of what the studio did in just the studio. So giving them the benefit of the doubt, like I would extend them the benefit of the doubt. Like, okay, you guys got the Saints rod, it's okay, but now we have something that we can learn from and that we can build off of and identify what it is that we need and versus what we want and how to take that to the next level. And if that doesn't work, then it's like, all right, well, something ain't here. <laughs> <laughs> and it ain't the money. So, yeah, that that's how I feel. I definitely would have given it a second shot. Yeah. Um, I just pulled up, like, was it Gamatsu? They had an article back in June saying Embracer Group announces large-scale restructuring program, including layoffs, studio closures, and game cancellations. So, um, yeah, and like, and it's just a whole bunch of corporate speak. Embracer Group has announced a large scale restructuring program focused on cost savings, capital allocation, efficiency, and consolidation, which will include staff layoffs, studio closures or divestments, and game project cancellations and suspensions. Yeah. Um, yeah, it seems like they got too big. Like, and that's why it's like, you know, you gotta, you gotta have your shit together if you want to hang with the big dogs when it comes to, these big publishers, like you look at like Take Two, Microsoft, where they're heading, um, and just other ones, EA that we've mentioned. Like um, there's these big publishers, and you know, the the worry always is managing all that that's under you. And um, you know, so uh, Tencent's another one. They got they got a ton of stuff going on. Yeah. But yeah, it's it, but I know when Embracer Group was gobbling everything up, people were, you know, they were questioning it, especially because of the I guess the quality of the games that they were putting out and if based on that quality like where they were trying to fit in if they were like this this double a space and they thought that they could produce games um i guess efficiently enough to to justify you know double a quality sales but um it seems like they got a little too big <laughs> and unfortunately that that means that you know the big like the thing the other part of this that kind of sucks it says game cancellations so that means yeah. that they have ip under their development now that they're going to be sitting on which is un unfortunate but maybe we'll see them as they downsize maybe sell off a little bit to other studios so they can take that on and, and maybe do something good with it but yeah it's uh it seems like embracer is kind of a, a mess right now and it's it's very unfortunate for everybody involved you know the best way to manage your costs yeah <laughs> don't buy a bunch of bills yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> like there's definitely it, it, for all the studios they're closing there's definitely probably around twice as many of those that they could have just not bought in the first place yeah and we and who knows maybe those games would have come out maybe those developers would have, have shown their spark and gotten a, a higher revenue stream going and been a more intelligent purchase later on but i feel like Embracer, Tencent, we feel like Tencent is doing it a bit more strategically and with a little more tact, mm -hmm. whereas Embracer was just like, I want I want to put a dollar on every number on roulette. Like, that's what they're <laughs> And like, yeah, you, you hit the number, but you also lose everything that you 
that you think you won, like you break even, basically. Yeah. And it's like that's that's not how you make money. Like, you you got to take risks. You got to stand behind something, and you got to give it. A, you got to allow it to be like a large enough portion to stand out, but also small enough to where you can give it the kind of revenue that it needs while still not having an issue doing your day to day operations. So, you know, hopefully, just more people that you got to hope land softly and. You know, hey, maybe we get some new studios out of this. Maybe the Volition guys round up some of the other talent over from all these studios that are being shut down or people who are definitely going to be departing because the projects got shut down. Yeah, maybe new studios emerge from this. Maybe that combination of ideas leads to the next big thing or maybe just another studio making the same old games we're all used to. But either way, it's, it's possibility. This is how this is the circle of life in industry. It's like something ends, something else begins, something leaves, something winds up somewhere else. And, you know, it it sucks that the whole money thing, mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to trying to live a normal life, but suddenly your money thing just stops and it's totally out of your control. But it, I'm I'm sure they'll figure something out. I hope they do. Hopefully, people are helping them out. And they, I'm sure they network and do all that kind of stuff. So, I'm not going to waste any more time getting on that. But there are some people who are wasting a lot of time <laughs> getting on everything. It's just all all the news that they can. It's just, hey, we got trouble of the week. 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 Wait, 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 wait. I have to keep in mind of myself that. I don't work tomorrow. <laughs> I was just like, ah, oh, we're okay. got to pinch going, myself. <laughs> we're going to six. We're going to six a.m. <laughs> Getting as much Starfield out of my thoughts as I can. But these trolls are coming sideways at Sony raising prices. They're coming sideways at Volition for for making a video game that that didn't check all the boxes. First show says, "How many times do these companies need to be told go woke?" Go broke. <laughs> but they type woke like with the E that has the tilde on it or the accent line. So I was like, okay. 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 Go broke. Okay. <laughs> go broke. Okay. Next, next show says, I hope those losers at Arcane and Machine Games are next. Fucking made young blood. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking made young blood. Hoping other studio. <laughs> get shuttered. That's yeah. that's over the line, sir. Next row says, "Good. Now that means Saints Row 2022 will go on a super sale, and I'll have something to play while I take a shit." <laughs> Played on that Project Q PlayStation. <laughs> so we got girlfriend games. You got you got taking shit games. Yeah. Bullshit. <laughs> I mean, what what about? I don't even want to know. Next show says, maybe studios should listen to what fans want next time. Not some Gen Z follow the trend game. Uh, uh, follow the trend. Follow the trend. Chasing trends. They made a single player game. <laughs> no online. <laughs> or thinking, could you play co-op? But I mean, it wasn't like a multiplayer game. Yeah, no, it wasn't, it wasn't like always a live service like deal. single player story driven yeah. game, storied franchise. And you know, it it just it didn't come out the way that we hoped it would 
It didn't have the characters and the writing we hoped it did. But by and large, it was a Saints Row game. Still doing all the wacky zany stuff, still running around with your boobs and your, and your schlong. <laughs> do whatever you want <laughs> to customize yourself. So, I mean, it was a Saints Row game. It definitely was not among the best of them. So, get down. Get out of here. <laughs> Last Saints Row Troll says, well, this is official. That last Saints Row was so bad it killed the studio. Yeah. Then the PS Plus trolls, Sony Price High trolls. <laughs> I don't know. I might I might agree with them on some of these points. So I gotta see how you go ahead. See, yeah. first troll says you can't come out with a game lineup like that over after announcing an increase. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the general sentiment online. It's like, how you go, you gonna announce. So what is it? Saints Row and what's that other game? I forget what the other uh, I, I like looked at the other two games. I was like, I didn't even know that these games existed. I don't know. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, damn. I forgot it already. I remembered it and then I forgot it. Wait, I so what's it the what's the increase for, for, for us that aren't on that, you know, I'm playing old shit mentality? I mean, just to have the online, the the essential. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. it's twenty bucks a month, so we're going for fifty nine. I mean, not a month, a year. Sorry. So it's eighty, <laughs> eighty bucks um, from sixty, um, but a year. Um, <laughs> 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 but like, a year. so it's like, what is that? Ten ten cents and a half, like five cents a day. Something. Like uh, next troll says, see. <laughs> See, kids, this is how you go down in flames. Uh, <laughs> Next show says, perfect month to cancel in time for the price hike. Uh, <laughs> Next show said, they should just change the name to PayStation, because that's all you do. Pay, pay, pay. <laughs> yeah, and you can go get Payday 3 with your man Ice-T. You got to pay uh, for that. <laughs> The last troll says more trash from PlayStation, but thank goodness they just bumped up the price 20 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they could have they could have announced that news with a very quick. That wasn't very strategic. I don't think people thought that through. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe it could be some situation where they thought, oh, we got a deal on this game. <laughs> <laughs> Like saving the money was more important than the optics. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. I, it, I, uh, it's yeah, it's not it's, awesome, but I mean, it's a perfect storm. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, hopefully they do every now and then. Like once a year, they'll have their month, their yearly PS Plus. There'll be like a you know a discount on it. I think it was like forty bucks every now and then. They'll have like that deal. Um, I'm sure there's going to be people like buying multiple years worth of subscriptions now. <laughs> as oh, yeah. they do. I bought, I bought about 100 years. Are, yeah, those sales are spiking right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> about 100 years worth of PlayStation Plus. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> Give my accounts to my grandkids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I know. It's not, not a great month. Uh, I know that at least if you got the uh, one of the tiers, like the higher tiers, uh, Sea of Stars was included with that as well on Game Pass. So, Motherfuckers are playing one of the greatest games of the year for not for free, but you know, for a monthly fee. Next uh, to free. Yeah, exactly. Next to free. So there is that. But um, 
yeah, I mean, for us, they know they got us. It's, it's basically like, look, you want to play multiplayer, <laughs> so you're gonna give us your, you're gonna give us your cash, and we'll give you a good game here and there every now and then. I mean, they gave us like Alan Wake, like I think a month ago or so, uh, remaster. So they're they're still dropping the heavy hitters. It's just it's not every month, and I don't really expect it every month at this point. But I yeah, I mean. Saints Row got like a six, <laughs> and that was like that was yeah. kind of the standard. So definitely not a great month um, for that for that lineup. But it is what it is. They got Spider Man coming next, right around the corner. So maybe that's maybe that's that. Like you know, Xbox they got Starfield coming, and then they're like we're raising prices of Game Pass. Maybe this is <laughs> PlayStation's. We got we got Spider Man two coming, so we're gonna raise the price of PSN, even though it doesn't require multiplayer. <laughs> not MC. Yeah, you recall not too long ago when there there were some PS Plus offerings that people didn't like, and then people complained, and then they changed one of the games, yeah. and it was, and it was something that was like worse, <laughs> 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 or something like that, like something that was like not not necessarily better. I I recall it being worse, but I won't stand on. Yeah, it. I remember like there was a, a month where like Pro Evolution Soccer. Yeah, I think, and people are like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> and then they changed it to like FIFA or something. Yeah, I mean, like Star Wars Battlefront too. <laughs> yeah, something, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, <laughs> it was something hilarious. But it no having that knowledge of history. Yeah, do you think, do you think that people should raise their voices and demand that Saints Row be swapped out? Uh nah. I think people should play the woke game and realize that it it isn't that bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like I I do I do like it too because people were like maybe they're trying to escape uh Saints Row. They're like, uh go woke, go bro, fuck this game. And now it's your only it's your only offering for the month. So people are gonna have to play it. They're gonna have to be exposed to to the woke game of the century. So maybe it's not so bad after all they do. Ain't nothing woke about that game. Nothing (laughs) never been woke about it. They saw a black character with a particular haircut. Yeah, they saw they it saw shaved sideburns. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, they they should change it to Forspoken. <laughs> but oh, that would be great. It'd be hilarious <laughs> with all this go woke go broke stuff. But it, like the only <laughs> the only reason why I wouldn't want that to happen is because they end up getting a substantially better game. And, I just don't want them having that satisfaction. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Chow-a-lee, 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 chow-a-lee. Um, all right. Uh, do you have any quick hits, A Dub, or any stories? I'm I'm fresh out. Let's close that one, that one, and that one. Got some Bethesda news. Mm-hmm. Coming, coming back with the callback to that, that Elder Scrolls news I teased y'all about. Mm. Yes. Now that Starfield is out in early access, it'll be out in the wild on September 6th. So what that fourth? Okay. That'll be that Tuesday. I had to make sure because that's it's, it's three days. It's kind of a lot. So I gotta <laughs> count them all. But yeah, so. It'll officially be out on Tuesday and on the heels of the early access, the review embargo lifting, you know, despite IGN giving it a seven, it's still sitting at a high 80, low 90 on places like Open Critic, Metacritic, probably more high 80, 90, 
But, you know, people are loving the game. The people who are playing the game are mm-hmm. loving the game. Mm-hmm. And we got some we got some information. They were speaking to Vandal about the imminent release of Starfield. Uh, it was Pete Hines confirming that the Skyrim sequel has completed the pre-production stage and moved into the development phase. Uh... Yes. So I'm pleased to let the people know that Elder Scrolls Six is officially in early development. But in true Bethesda fashion, they want to make sure that you're fully knowledgeable that you should not expect to hear about it. (laughs) Yeah. So AMC, I know the Elder Scrolls 6 is probably the only game you've ever cared about before you even knew what the Elder Scrolls was. How does this confirmation of a development milestone hit for you? Uh, I mean, it's good. It's I know they didn't want to have to announce it, at least, yeah, as, as early as they did with that title screen. Yeah, <laughs> Michael, Microsoft was like, hey, man, we need you to talk about games because we ain't got no games right now. <laughs> 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 because you didn't deliver on Starfield. <laughs> um, We're going to make them wait a year. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, you want to you gotta get You got to give me a little something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got to chip something off of Daddy. Um, so, yeah, they had to announce it early. It is what it is. I mean, Starfield ended up hitting... Based on everything I've heard and everything that you've described, people will be playing Starfield for years to come. So it's not like they needed Ooh, to have especially AP. when those mods really get going. I think they there was an article saying that in the first day Starfield was on the market, it's already a hundred mods. Yeah. And you know, that's I mean that maybe that's another benefit too, because I know Xbox had a lot of support when it came to mods. Um uh, for Bethesda and so now you know this being an exclusive maybe this is you know something that they can really like hone in on and really take it to the next level from a console perspective um, and yeah it's a game that's going to have legs who knows what they end up coming with if it, if they have DLC planned and all that stuff uh, we know Bethesda is known for having great DLC uh, so yeah um, people will be playing this game for a long time to come so I'm, it's not like we needed another huge game from them next year um, they could always find time to fill this in. You know, there's there's always people clamoring or asking for, you know, now that Bethesda and, and Oblivion are under the same, or not Oblivion. Um, <laughs> Obsidian. 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 I got the O's. Yeah, yeah Obsidian. You got tongue tied. <laughs> yeah, are under the, uh, the same banner. Uh, people have been talking about getting, you know, a remake of 76. 76 of New Vegas. Todd is just dropping so much stuff that you can't even get it straight. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's the end of the show. I'm tired. Um, yeah, so we got possible remake of New Vegas coming. I, uh, I would love to see them bring back the, the isometric maybe remake of the OG Fallout games. Oh my Fix lord. Those up. In, that in would Unreal be, 5. Yeah, that would be some, that would be, so I mean, there's definitely ways that they can fill in the schedule now that there's so many other studios that they could work alongside that um you know they can do their their thing while also giving you that good bethesda uh vibe of like you know of you know the remakes to fill in that gap so i think there's a way to do this right and yeah take your sweet ass time because i think once again this is another example a dub when people say that games are delayed oh it's in development hell blah blah blah. this game showed up running smooth as hell not not with that usual, at least not on the level that people expect when it comes to bug Thesda jank. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, another example of, you know, holding off until the time is right to release your game, paying off and um, yeah, get a, get us 
the next Elden Ring, ga- Elden Ring, Elder Scrolls game when the time is right, and um, I think people will show up hard day one and you know go all out for it. Um, yeah, do you have anything to say with that, Adub? You know, if, if anything's going on with your forty slips there, I think it's yeah, it's illuminating how in the games industry, so many games have <laughs> such similar names. <laughs> Elden Ring, Elder Scrolls, <laughs> yeah, what is it, Matterfall. I can't think of anything. The Towerfall, <laughs> Towerfall, Shadowfall, <laughs> Death Stranding has the Shadow Complex, yeah. Shadow of Mordor, <laughs> Shadow Shadows of Colossus, Shadow of the Colossus. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. In so far as this, it's yeah. like, oh, man. it's people, people trying to play, trying to downplay Starfield, and then as much as they've been badgering Bethesda for Elder Scrolls Six news, not once considering that, hey, you know that thing that we just put out, we got to go above and beyond that. For this next one, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's like Elder Scrolls is going to be an even bigger and greater game than Starfield ended up being, and it's oh my and on top of that, because some some interesting information came to light, or at least uh, a bit of perspective, where Starfield, despite being an Xbox exclusive on release in its early development phases, it was by all means, a multi-platform title. It was a PlayStation 5 version, apparently. But, you know, then it got then they got acquired, and then it was just an Xbox game. And that's all fine and good. I'm not trying to stop console wars. Just saying that, like, even for it being an Xbox exclusive, it's still designed as a multi-platform game, whereas with Elder Scrolls Six, especially just now entering the early stages of development, that's going to be a true Xbox exclusive from Bethesda. So it's not only going to have that above and beyond effort from the studio, it's also going to be able to lean into the the unique characteristics of what the Xbox have to offer. Yeah, I would like to piggyback on that. Like we saw, especially with this, like how like Xbox, I mean how Microsoft just sent out like Redfall. They're just like, just get that shit out there. Yeah. <laughs> like, but you know, it's like it's like they acquired them, like you got married, and then you're like, all right, we got some. I get it, you got a cousin. <laughs> that's yeah. a little that's a little jacked up. That's all right. Let's just get this out of the way, deal with the situation. You know, let's let's <laughs> just get them let's get them in the in the front of the picture. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah but we saw the the effort that went into from Microsoft to get this game right. And as you're saying, like, you know, they, they, they brought like the, the, the Microsoft engineers and everything, you know, and there's just, there's a big effort. And what's great is that it's that, that there is a recognition from Microsoft as far as like how important this, this, these, these titles are, at least when it comes to Starfield. And I'm assuming they'll have the same effort behind Elden Ring and yada, yada, yada. Like they, they got a studio. They're, they're figuring it out right now with 343 and Halo, what they're yeah. going to do there. But Jeez. at least they, at least they make an original IP. Yeah. But like, at least they know with Bethesda what, what they're capable of and that they'll throw all their money behind that to make sure that they get a product out there that is, you know, that's going to be a flagship title for Xbox. And so, yeah, um, as you said, that's, that's a great note there because, you know, Microsoft is going to 
put everything behind Bethesda to make sure that they can get these games out because they know that that's a big part of like what's going to bolster that that offering from Game Pass. And so, yeah, if this is anything of, you know, an example of like what's to come and what to expect when, you know, they put everything behind one title, uh, it's a good sign. It's definitely a great sign. Do you have anything else, A-Dub, before we get out of here? A little quick hit. The good people of Blizzard thought that the, the launch weekend for Starfield would be a great time for them to have their first XP and Gold Boost promotional set. Oh, let me see. Stoke the fire, gather around, and rally your most savvy companions to slay demons with renewed fervor. Uh, the Blessed Mother's cruelty is matched by her generosity, but not for long. Rise to new heights and earn more gold for your bloodlust and the mother's blessing yet. <laughs> so let's see if I can find more pertinent information. Okay, there it is. Yeah. So from 10 a.m. on September 1st to 10 a.m. on September 5th, all Diablo 4 players earn XP and gold at a 25% increased rate. This bonus applies to both season and eternal realms and all world tiers. Uh, this is also the same weekend that Starfield has gone on early access. So maybe your boys at Blizzard saw the storm coming and are trying to put out the sandbags to keep as much of the water out as possible. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't it, it looks a bit strategic because Starfield was definitely going to suck all the oxygen out of the room and into the vacuum of space. And I, mean, I mean, makes sense. Boulder's Gate, I mean, Boulder's Gate game of the year and Larian was like, all right, let's uh let's stagger this shit. <laughs> like, let's, yeah. let's put out this PC a little bit earlier. We're gonna put this PlayStation version out a little bit later. And then we can uh we can release the Xbox One when when the Starfield hype dies down a little bit. <laughs> so I mean everybody kind of cleared out. We saw we saw like the the shuffling of the deck with October. Um yeah, it's it, it makes sense because it's you know, people say that there's not enough oxygen in the room, and sometimes that does end up being the cases. There's everybody's talking about Starfield right now, and you know, every every game is trying to keep people around, and yeah, no surprise there. Yeah, and, and it's to the benefit of the player. Now people can you know get that quick run in on Diablo, start leveling up their character, and yeah, they can they can stop their their belly bitching about having to grind so much. Twenty five percent. Yeah. <laughs> That ain't gonna that ain't gonna do much for nobody. <laughs> like I hate to be that dude because I do love Diablo War, but forty five percent kidnapped. Hey man, for the people who are complaining, they did it for a reason. <laughs> yeah. Yes, they did. Yeah, they did it for a reason. That's uh, all I got, AMC. Or maybe maybe it's a maybe it's maybe it's a cross promotional thing. We got it's like that Microsoft building building that. That 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 library, it's like you got a little bit of Blizzard, <laughs> we got a little bit of <laughs> we got some old school Call of Duty going on, and now we got Starfield. Yeah, that's all that's all gonna be Xbox related at some point, A dub. So yeah, maybe maybe that's a little bit of synergy and we just don't know about it. Exactly. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> all right, that's all you got though. That's all I got. Well, this is control issues. I am the AMC.
Fire Shoes! <laughs> <laughs>